to a tale of two rivals. A fantasy football podcast put on by your 3 P champion. Go with your gut winner. And a numbers obsessed spreadsheet working nerd to bring you some sort of consensus to you, the fantasy football listener. Who am I joined by? You're joined by FF underscore Spaceman Dave Wright. Todd, I'm excited, excited, excited to get into our wide receiver tiers again. I said it last week, but wide receivers are some of my favorite players to discuss. Uh, I feel like there's a changing of the guard at the wide receiver position in the NFL, and I'm excited to talk about it tonight, man. I'm just saying I'm staying on brand, and I built my Scott Fishbowl squad through the wide receiver and quarterback position. I got my RB1, and I got a bunch of uh dice rolls for rb2 and i'm happy about it david you having a great you having a good time in the scott fishbowl my friend i am i I mean i waited a little too long on the running back piece but um you know it's 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 got a nice little uh sprinkling in there for the rb2 i uh had a late night pick last night of uh really sweating over whether i was overpaying for Jameis winston last night but you know pulled the trigger but yeah man i'm i'm happy with it uh, I'm not going to get too much into like roster baiting over that right right now, as that's not why we're here, David. But I'm having a really good time, and uh, our draft's moving. I think we're in the 13th round. How about you, bud? I'm having a blast, man. I've really enjoyed a lot of the positivity that came that's going along with Scott Fishbowl. As you know, my friend, we just completed the Scott Fishbowl Potathon on Monday into Tuesday. Still recovering from that. Uh, I think when it's all said and done, we're going to be close to thirty six, thirty seven thousand dollars raised this year. Wow, <laughs> that's impressive, dude. That is impressive. It's even more impressive because you know we've been in this this recession, this pandemic for even a a, a year more. So economic impact is even that much more. But the fantasy football community and the sponsors for the potathon really stepped up and especially big shout out to trophy smack for they just made a $5600 donation it was just incredible totally incredible as the title sponsor spec man that's awesome i know wow. where i'm i'm just about 99% sure i'm going like tonight i'm going to be buying a 2k trophy for myself from trophy smack <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's all you need for me. Like, hey, you're going to be generous to charities that I care about? Done. And the the trophies are sick. So I'm really excited. I'll go in and get three rings, one for each year I've won the uh, Tale of Two Rivals Dynasty League. So, uh, yeah. You're going for the Brady Brady pose, huh? Uh, Pretty much, dude. Yeah, I'm in that, you know, I'm going to need a fourth one, too. I might as well just grab one now while while I can. David, you ready for the question of the day, my friend? Dude, we've got so much to get into tonight, and uh, let's do this. Question of the day. Look at our efficiency tonight. Woo! I Woo! love it. David, what's your favorite chain restaurant? So I thought about this long and hard, and to be honest, Todd, my honest opinion is I think chain restaurants suck. I think they are the bane of America, and I almost don't even want to answer this question because I think they're terrible. Everything about, I don't like chain pizzas. I don't like... These cookie cutter chain, these Italian restaurants, these Buffalo Wild Wings, these Hooters, any chain restaurant that you like, Todd, I'm a no-go for, not that you personally like, but that is popular, is just essentially no-go. It's it's filled with salt because they, all these foods 
are not cooked fresh. They're all preserved. A bunch of sodium preservatives are in there. You got you to drink seven cups of water when you're there. The drinks are overpriced. And that being said, Todd, I don't want to totally cop out on this answer. So the only way that I went into judging my favorite chain restaurants was by the quality of their mozzarella sticks. Because you know I'm a sucker for a good mozzarella stick. I went with probably, there was a couple that I thought of. A ground round was in the contention. That's not the big chain that it once was, but you know. I used to work at a ground round. Whoa, that's why. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. It's an old place. Yeah. So there I we ran go. the Doug Foodie at a ground round once too. You know, balloons for the kids. Uh, a great, you know, it's a great atmosphere. They've got the, I remember we had a big, big screen for the kids to watch stuff and the parents, free popcorn. Great appetizer combo platter. So ground round is up in the top of the list for me. And just one other shout out would probably be the Pizzeria, Pizzeria Uno, who has a phenomenal, phenomenal match stick, Todd. Uno's has some quality food, and their chicken Caesar salad was always a delightful lunch post-shift for me in my neck days. Not You would never eat a Chili's, David. Like a Chili's would, not, would be like out of the question for you. Unfortunately, Bangor, Maine is filled is filled with chain restaurants. It's like a it's a plague of instead of having nice locally main owned restaurants, we just have these freaking cardboard cutout restaurants. I don't mind Chili's, but I someone said, hey, let's go to Chili's. I'm not excited. I'm like, okay, I'm there to drink and basically I'm there for the people. Texas Roadhouse Todd isn't bad. Not a bad place. That's kind of my my thoughts. Texas Roadhouse is another one of mine. So I'm actually going to go with Outback. I love Outback. I love the way that they prepare their steaks, the booming onion, the cheesy bacon fries. That's mine. And actually, so Joe had to kind of watch her sugars when uh, she was pregnant with Jackson. So we used to go to Outback and we would <laughs> you get like one side. So we each would order, uh, we'd order like one mashed potatoes and then we'd add an, or, an extra order of broccoli. So we each had our veggie, like our steak, and then like the littlest amount of mashed potatoes at every meal. Uh, I, dude, I, I'm a big fan of Outback. Now, this is a chain that's up and coming, but Mr. Max macaroni and cheese, it's like expanding. Ooh, boy. Some good mac and cheese. Some good mac and cheese. But yeah, that's probably more of a New England thing. David, do you want to get into the topic? Yes, I am fired up just thinking about the downfall of the locally owned re- uh, American restaurant so, and corporate America taking over. So yes, I am ex- I am fired up to get into these effing wide receiver tiers. All right. So if you want to hear our first three tiers of wide receivers, stop, then go listen to our last episode because that's where we do tier one, our tier two, and our tier three of wide receivers. On this episode, we're going to continue with our wide receiver tiers, but we're going to be doing tiers four, five, and six. Again, Dave and I love to build through the wide receiver position. In these middle tiers, there's a lot of value to be had. Dave, how do you assess the value in these middle tiers? Like we're kind of outside stud land, and now we're looking for value. Like how do you assess value in the middle? Todd, I'm looking at my wide receiver three outside of Studland. I see Devonte Adams, DeAndre Hopkins. Like, I guess they're not studs to you, man. That's pretty. That's pretty low blow right there. Well, I think that that's why I don't understand how they're in a wide four, a tier four for you. Like, I like, I think the way that we do tiers is very different. 
you have to be in a top three tier if you're going to be considered a stud. Like, I, I don't understand if you're going to call somebody a stud, how they're not in a top two tier. <laughs> like, 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 the way you do tiers is wild. Wild. Yeah. Like, just, like, big breaks, dude. Like, big, big breaks for you. You know what it is, Todd? It's based, I was actually thinking about the strategy-wise. What it is, is I'm basically pricing myself in a startup, particularly a startup. I am pricing myself out of the Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, and those type of players where they're going in the first, like the second round of a startup. I'm not willing to pay that price. And where I have my, those young ascending wide receivers ranked, I have them ranked there for a reason because I think with their production, their upside, and their ability to beat, not only produce, but also gain in value. Whereas I don't think these, the players in this tier necessarily are going to gain value. I, I do think they're going to give you immediate production, mind you, but. I'm just much rather take a quarterback, take maybe one of the elite tight ends or a running back where these other, these elite wide receivers are going and then take my young ascending players where I have, like, because that's where I have them ranked kind of thing. The reason why I disagree with you on this is that I think in a startup, you're probably getting these guys you're talking about probably in the third round now in a super flex. And I think that the value versus what they're going to be for this year and probably next year, is just outstanding. And that's like a move that's just so great for being able to win now. And you can always get rookie capital to be able to build out later. But I do think there's an important point to put here, is that if you haven't listened to our last episode, or you haven't memorized it, um, so in our first three tiers, I had 20 players, and Dave had 11. (laughs) So... There's a drastic difference in the number of players we have. So when we get into this, like what Dave's saying, his tier four, there's some big names. And I'm like flabbergasted the fact that Tavante Adams is in tier four for anyone. David, why don't we get into your uh, tier since we're already kind of already starting to do that? Why don't you tell the people your tier? A wide receiver 12 for me is Tavante Adams, followed immediately by DeAndre Hopkins. And then Chris Good- Godwin, Terry McLaurin at 15, Allen Robinson at 16, and Amari Cooper at 17. That's kind of how I have it ranked. The reason, So the way I kind of look at it is here, these are type of players that I would really like to trade for in an existing league, maybe especially for a team that might be looking to, they're not necessarily competitive. I really want to get that immediate production. I'm willing to spend a little extra, but this is just kind of where that, that team is. But then I also, there's a mixed in with the Terry McLaurin and a Chris Godwin as well. It's just kind of interesting for me that this is essentially the only player I think that could probably get at value here, Todd, is maybe Chris Godwin, Alan Robinson, Amari Cooper. I think that's where I'm closest to on consensus, and I think those are the players that I would be able to get in a startup at this at this price. That does factor into me for Devontae Adams is if Aaron Rodgers leaves, that does make a big difference. Now, do I think that he's not going to be dominant, have a, a 28% share of his offense? That does not what I'm trying to say, but I just think there'll be less red zone opportunities with Jordan Love at quarterback. There'll be less first downs, less yardage, and while he'll still be a wide receiver one, I he'll um, he he just won't be the difference maker at the wide receiver position that Devontae Adams gave you last season. And that uncertainty pair with his age is just why I have him here. DeAndre Hopkins really like him. I think he's. Pro- I'm probably going to be buying him heavily n- after this season where people really start to discount his age and, and try to pivot off of that here. But right now, and that's kind of just wrap. And then I think Amari Cooper, Todd, I forget who told me this, but I think it might have been Wyatt, part of the Happy Hour crew, 
or I forget who it was, but Amari Cooper's week 15 performances, essentially, Todd, have been less than five PBR points the last three seasons in a row. And I think there's a lot of people who have been burned by him in big spots, and that's why he, they're so low on him. I, but I think he still provides a great... He was the wide receiver one in that offense last year. I still think he provides a great value. And Allen Robinson paired with Justin Fields, he, I think there's a very good opportunity that I am too low on him right now, and he could have a top five season this season. Yeah, I think Allen Robinson is going to really benefit from Fields, just having like a big arm QB that also can like improvise. And like Allen Robinson's such a good receiver that I feel like he's going to be able to like show off like what makes him an elite receiver and be able to put himself in positions to make plays with Fields, who is getting out of trouble. Uh, love the Cooper take. Uh, so I do have a couple of questions here. I feel like Devonte Adams and DeAndre Hopkins are so low for you because I feel like they keep beating the crap out of you in the tail two <laughs> rival uh, playoffs. Is this some like some sort of personal attack of on my players? No, because Devonte Adams carried me in the Scott Fishbowl last season. I got him in the third round. He was dominant for me, so I, I have a very soft spot in my heart for Devontae Adams. DeAndre Hopkins, it's been a long time since I've had him on my roster, So there, and I did um, trade him away for Des Bryant at one point, in, uh, right before Des Bryant uh, went bottoms up, uh, so that was a really tough move for me. So there might be some some hard feelings there, but not, but not really. I mean, he's honestly been one of, he's on a Hall of Fame career trajectory right now, and our buddy Crescent. Def are and other people have have definitely say that these type of wide receivers, these Hall of Fame level wide receivers, they age a lot better than the typical wide receiver career arc. So that is something that I'm aware of, very acutely aware of. The thing with me is, Todd, you know what I value. I want production and gain value, and just I don't think that that's going to happen from DeAndre Hopkins this year. Okay, what is Adams and Hopkins' floor in terms of finish in 2021? I think Hopkins floor, floor is a top six wide receiver in 2021. D- uh, Devontae Adams floor is a uh, high-end wide receiver, too. There. Wow. All right. I respect that. The, floor, the Adams floor, Todd. spicy, but I floor. get that. I get that. I, get, I still think that's spicy. On Look at Michael Thomas Adams. last year, Todd. Look at Michael Thomas last year. Case in point. Sure. But I also think that Michael Thomas also got hurt. Like, we're not talking about him being healthy and playing. He didn't play you know what i mean like that's a that's a totally different discussion you know injuries are injuries it's so it's different so i feel like what what my point is is that like i think where we're looking at like with their floors their ceiling is number one wide receiver overall number one wide receiver overall is a reality for both of those players with or without rogers it's still a reality that that could happen i also think the ambiguous part of like that transition like yeah i i'm not optimistic that like, he's going to be as good with love that he is with Rodgers, and he'll probably say a wide receiver one. I'm saying his four is still a wide, is, is a top 12 wide receiver, you know, for Adams. And Hopkins is like, with Murray, if Murray is like the stud QB with the most to improve. So, like, if Murray brings his game to another level, so is Hop. Yeah, I ain't, mean, I'm not, I'm not buying in on that, but I respect your process and I respect the way you do it. And I think this is where, I'm willing to spend up on that because I want to be able to compete now, and then I'll figure it out later, man. I'll figure it out later, and I usually do. I mean, 
this offseason, I traded for Justin Justin Jefferson, man. I mean, there's always ways to be able to work pieces around to be able to change your roster later. Like, don't always think about, like, down the road. Think about winning now, too, you know? So I don't want to depend on my opponents making drastic mistakes like uh, Justin Jefferson. How? how... <laughs> um... All right, fair. All right, moving on. <laughs> I, I will say, Todd, for the record, for the record, I am higher on Allen Robinson than you are. Yes, you are higher on Allen Robinson than I am. <laughs> um, that is true. By actually, by one spot, you have him 16th. I have him 17th. But yes, that is true. All right, so I'll go in. So that was, uh, so Dave just lifted off uh, Devontae Adams, Hop, Godwin, McLaurin, A Rob, and Cooper. Oh, actually, I actually have one more question for you about McLaurin. What exactly does Ayuk offer that McLaurin doesn't to have such a disparity here? Attach the quarterback. I really believe in Trey Lance. And I believe in the coaching staff, so I think that's that's what I'm going to go with there. Done. All right. Well said. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, good point. Um, I think McLaurin's a better player, but I with <laughs> we don't know what's coming to QB. All right. Well said. Moving on. So, um, so yeah. So that was uh, players 12 through 17 for Dave. So for me, my tier four is my 21st wide receiver of, overall is Jerry Judy. 22nd is Juju, 23rd is Devontae Smith, 24 is Sutton, 25 is Galladay, 26 is Julio, and 27 is Robert Woods. Let me kind of break down my tier. 21 Judy, that is the guy that in this tier, the reason at the top of this tier is he is my candidate to make the biggest leap this year. I could see at the end of us like looking at this next year that Judy would be most likely in my tier two. The guy most likely for my tier four to end up in my tier two. No doubt. And I can't wait for them to stop playing this whole like mediocre like QB carousel. Um, if they ever got Watson, that'd be amazing. Hopefully they are garbage, which they're not. They're probably even pretty good this year. And they can draft a QB next year. I can't believe they didn't draft a QB this year, man. I can't believe they passed some fields. But I think everyone thought like Rodgers was a lock. But anyways, Judy is just an absolute freak, man. The way this man, like, finds separation, release, the, like, running routes, the athleticism, the agility, like, hands, Judy is got it all. I am very excited about him this season, so he's at the top. Juju, 22. I think that Juju is a guy that is still capable of being a top 15 wide receiver, and I think that What's in store for his future is something that I would like to grab onto at a discount right now. Uh, Devontae Smith, we obviously know that, you know, he Philly's dire need for wide receivers and he landed there. Now, Sutton, I have behind Judy, and it's tough to figure out who's going to be the top dog there, but I love them both. And I think there's plenty of room for both of them. So and I actually think those two complement each other very well. I did not like Galladay going to the Giants at all. But what kind of warms me up to the idea is that he is the alpha there. He is the wide receiver one. And there's no doubt in my mind he's getting a different quarterback next year. So, again, I don't think it could get any worse. Todd, we talked about this last last week or the week before that Kadiris Tony's going to be his quarterback next year. Yeah, it could, it, it, that's an upgrade. So, <laughs> so <laughs> that's a huge upgrade. So, Julio Jones at 26. Julio's my boy. I'm a truther. He's healthy. He's moved on. He's in a winning situation. He's going to have a great year. 
Julio, ceiling for him, top 12 wide receiver this year. But time is catching up to him. And Robert Woods, the Mr. Consistent PPR beast, got a massive QB upgrade. Massive QB upgrade. Him and Stafford is a match made in heaven. He's not that old. I think he's entering his age 28 season, Dave, right? Yeah. Dave, got any questions for me? Yeah, Robert Woods is 29. So he'll, yeah, he'll be, he's 29 years old. Um, so my, yeah, my question for you, Todd, is that uh, interesting tier you have here. And what kind of stuck out to me was you had Devonta Smith coming in over veterans Sutton, Galladay, Julio, and Woods. And especially with how much you like that immediate proof of production, what puts Smith above these vets for you? All right. So for one, I think coming out of his rookie year, I think Devonte looks primed to be able to go over a thousand yards. Easy. Who's really going to compete with him? I mean, I think his biggest competition is is Goddard, you know? And I think Devontae Smith is, I believe in the talent. I'm not buying into the body stuff. He was my wide receiver 3-4 off and on all the whole time. And it's really just the depth of the class. It wasn't ever me being down on him. And I think he landed in a dream situation. He's by far the best player on that team in terms of receiving. And... He's just going to ascend, man. With the other guys, I think that Sutton, Sutton's got a battle out with Judy. How does that play out? Galladay, I just feel like you've seen what Galladay can do. You've seen a little bit of injury concerns. Just don't love his situation with the Giants. And then the other two guys are just solid, solid veterans. I think with Smith, you're getting kind of like a floor that might be a little bit of below a Sutton, a Galladay, a Julio, and a Woods right? For a year or two. But what the ceiling is, you're looking at a guy who has the potential to be in that tier two next year. Judy and Smith are the two guys in this tier that could jump up two tiers. No doubt in my mind. They're going to be able to get the target share. They have the talent. The only big question with these guys is the quarterbacks. And if they can figure out those situations, sky's the for both of them. Solid answer. I, I agree. We actually, you have Devonta Smith ranked one spot ahead on me. So I think it's, what it is telling is that our, we just do our tiers a lot differently, but we don't really differ from our, our, some of these rankings aren't really that different. But then I actually had one more follow-up question for you, Todd. Hold on. Before you keep going with that, I find that to be so interesting that our rankings are really close, but our tiers are so different. And I think the way that you see the way that we both value wide receivers. We value them differently in the way that we would approach it in a trade or like a draft. I'm thrilled to be like stockpiling guys within that three, four tier, like a little bit later. And my tiers are wider so I could do other things in other places if I feel the need. Or otherwise, I'm just fine just stocking up, man. Yeah. And I also feel like when you have bigger tiers, you can kind of predict the cliff a little bit easier. If you have a tighter tier, and you're able to like widen out that frame a little bit, you have a better idea of being able to kind of like stick with the flow of the draft. Fair point, fair point. Uh, and I just kind of following up because I actually in my next tier, Todd, I actually had a little bit of a problem with this, just the way it all fell out. But for you, I look at this and I have, I see four players. Let's just say, I see, yeah, I see, it's basically split half and half of players who I think are going to gain in value. And other players who are going to um, produce immediately, but might not gain value or might lose value. So how difficult was it for you in this? It might not be difficult for you, but how was it difficult for you to balance out production versus potential within this tier specifically with Woods, Julio, 
and Galladay, and then you have also have a Judy and a Devonta Smith in this tier. Not really. I think um, these guys all belong in the same tier for me. But what I think what it what you talk about in this tier is you're talking about like roster construction and like if you, okay, let's talk about it from a startup standpoint, right? If I come out with Adams and Evans and Ridley in some sort of way, and I'm still looking at a wide four and I'm in this tier, all these guys are still for some reason on the board and I'm looking at these wides. I'm probably going to go look at a Judy or a Smith, right? Because I'm already got like what I got for this year right now. And these guys are my four. What they're going to do for me in the four is going to be great. Unless I'm looking at another team and I'm saying to myself, okay, I want to stomp on Dave's neck. I'm going to go get Julio now and come get a ship this year. But I can kind of balance it out. Now, let's say I went a little younger, got an Ayuk or a Chase. Now I'm looking at like, okay, I think I'd rather like maybe target RB this round. In this tier, yes, I think Smith would go because of the youth. He'll go younger. But now I can kind of like help out my RB death and then wait around to see if Galladay, Julio, or Woods falls to me. And then I'm going to get that proven place when I have like some guys that have unbelievable potential, should be great players, but I do need some stability and something proven in that production. So really all these guys, I feel like they would fit some sort of need in that position for when it comes to that time in the draft or even in trades. Like, I feel like you could trade from Julio to Devontae Smith. Obviously, you got to change some things around, and everyone has different values. But I feel like moving these guys, you could move a Woods to go get a Judy. You could. So I feel like these are guys that it balances out. It just matters of who you're trading to and what they're trying to do this year. Like, a rebuilding team's not moving Judy for Woods. Yep. But to me, it's like the balance of the production versus the projection that just kind of goes with the flow of like your makeup and then your in your league. It's not hard for me. It's just a matter of where I'm at. And you also you got to be thinking about that by about the 5th round, I think. I think by the 5th round, you're looking at the foundation of your team, you're looking at the other foundations, and you should be able to at least make a determination of whether you feel confident that you have a foundation of a contender or not. I'm not saying like completely just make up your mind off the bat. But you should be able to have a general idea of why that fifth round of what direction you might want to be heading more towards, you know? And then it's also by that point, if it's not going the way it does, you're not too late in the draft by like eight, nine, where you can start saying to yourself, eh, okay, maybe I need to get a little younger. Does that make sense? A thousand percent. So it's almost, it gets to almost roster construction at this point within the tier. While you have them here in the same spot, it might be depend what lens you're going from. So I kind of like that. All right. So let's move on to tier five. David, would you like to go first or second, my friend? Let's switch it up, Todd. You go first, my friend. Tell us about your uh, tiers and kind of break it down for us, man. All right. This is my upside by low tier. A lot of the vets in this tier are guys that I would love to be getting this late in the process, or I'd be getting rookies that I'm really high on or younger wide receivers like that. At 28, I had Waddle. At 29, I had Rondell Moore. At 30, I had Claypool. At 31, I had Drops Johnson. At 32, I had Thielen. At 33, I had Bateman. 34, Cup. 35, Debo Samuel. 36, Curtis Samuel. And 37 is Tyler Boyd. Waddle's draft capital was enough for me to kind of put him over Rondell Moore, who I had ahead of him the whole time. When draft capital speaks, 
you got to be able to like respect that. And also, like, I loved Waddle at Alabama. And Dave brings up the great point about how he never really broke out, even though, like, you know, I mean, clearly he was around like a loaded wide receiver class, right? But you saw the explosive, you saw the aggression, you saw what the potential was in him. And when you look at where he fits in that Miami offense, sky's the limit. You know, like he, his biggest competition in my eyes is Gasset, you know, and Will Fuller is kind of a rental in my mind. So I'm not looking at very far past that. Uh, Rondell Moore, I love him. I think he's a beast and I think he ended up in the perfect situation. Uh, Claypool is a guy that, I have him at 30. I have him in this tier. Probably the guy most people are highest on for the Steelers. I'm sticking on Juju for now. And I do think that I'm lower on Johnson than the than the consensus. But I think that Johnson, like, if you look at his targets, like, you got to respect that he's at least in that top 30 range. Uh, Thielen, I think, if you're a contender, you should definitely be going after Thielen. He's not going to cost a first-round pick. And if people are telling you he's a first round pick, they're out of their minds. He's not. And just wait. Like, like younger teams are gonna like eventually realize that they're not gonna get that, and then the price is gonna go down. So I think Thielen's an unbelievable buy low for contending. Uh Bateman, complete wide receiver, absolute beast. Got a little everyone got a little upset with him ending a Buffalo, uh Buffalo. <laughs> Baltimore because it's run heavy. Guy looks like a wide one. And it doesn't look like there's a true wide one in front of him. Great situation. Cup. Love him with Stan- with Stafford. I think Debo is somebody he's a little forgotten because of what Ayuk did. Love me some Curtis Samuel. Finished a Y2 last year in a great situation in Washington. And Tyler Boyd, baby. Tyler Boyd is a freaking bargain right now as the third wide receiver in a, in a Bengals uh, offense is going to be very pass heavy. Really, some names that really jumped out on the page to me were first. I like the Rondale Moore love. I think you are you are ahead of consensus. I think he's wide receiver forty seven in DLF's ADP wide receiver ADP. So hats t- hat tip to you, my friend, for having him at least higher. I'm still higher than you, but good for you, my friend. One thing that did stand out to me though for you is that I'm a little shocked with how, um, that I'm higher than Claypool on you as I feel like I'm a bona fide Claypool hater. Curious why you're so low on Claypool and especially didn't he finish here last year? So you just, I just think as he going into year two, I think couldn't we expect better things? He's a guy who feels like the biggest candidate uh, from that sophomore class of wide receivers to slump. I think you have two potential studs in his own receiving court. Johnson is a phenomenal athlete, and at times he looked like Big Ben's favorite target. Juju, we've already seen what Juju can do, and they're both still young. So Claypool, I feel like, and a lot of it was a lot of touchdown dependency on that. So yeah, I, I just am not sold on Claypool. I would need another year of seeing that, and then I'd pay up for him later. Yeah, I, I'm just not sold on him yet, just from the fact that there's just so much competition there. And he just doesn't move the needle for me. Like, like I almost feel like if he was there in a draft, I would draft him and then immediately put him on the market because I just am not a believer in him long term yet. Just not. Interesting. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit more Claypool when I go through my rankings. But uh... oh, 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 wait a minute. But I, but I didn't go to the other side of that. I have to put him 30 just from the ability of understanding what his profile is after his rookie year and me being wrong, <laughs> you know, 
like even though I feel the way that I feel, I have to respect what I what the numbers tell me. And just that's me being able to recognize the reality of my feelings are not correct. So I feel yeah. like I've got much better about balancing that over the years too. Yep, definitely built in. We're not always right. Uh I, I know that feeling very well, Todd. So I like that you're adopting that into your strat your uh process as well. <laughs> um one last kind of question in this range that kind of stood out to me was Curtis Samuel. I don't have him ranked in any of my top six tiers, whereas you're you got him at wide receiver 36. Is it a you just like it's kind of a free agency thing? You just think that maybe when he has a bit more of a role in offense, you kind of like what he can do with it? Like what, what's kind of your thought process here? I mean, you're talking about an just an elite athlete who's uber efficient in all of his opportunities. He offers rushing upside as a wide receiver. He's the perfect slot in a good offense. He's somebody who can also stretch the field down. He's he's a phenomenal wide receiver. So now that he's more featured, and he's also back with Ron Rivera, which is not going to hurt him. And I feel like with him, it's you're looking at him like he hasn't even had heavy, heavy volume yet. If his volume which should go up like his like his target share should increase this year. You're looking at a guy who could just absolutely make a leap there. And if not, I love his floor. Love his floor. Not too old, very explosive, love where he landed, and I love the idea of him getting more work. Awesome. Any uh, finishing thoughts here on your tier, or you want me to dive into my tier here? I think Rashad Bateman is such a freaking buy right now. Go like if you are trying to rebuild and there's a team that's in the middle, uh, like absolutely go try to buy Bateman. Ba- Bateman, he's never going to be cheaper than he is right now. He's never going to be cheaper. That's the guy in this tier that I wish I had the balls to move up, but I don't. I like it, Todd, because maybe what you're going to have here is where Bateman went in a lot of drafts. A contender might have selected him, so maybe you can. That might be a good trade partner if you're rebuilding here. So not a bad idea, my friend. Ready for me to dive into mine? Let's do it, buddy. I was cracking a beer. Love it. All right. So this is my largest tier where I go from wide receiver 18 to 31. And it is what I was talking about. It's a hodgepodge of there's a couple of players that are win now proven assets. And then a lot of players I think that are going to gain in value. And the way that I rationalized having them in the same tier was either players are going to give me production that I think that um, they're going to give me that immediate production that of a t- the tier above. So like a, I have Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, and Mike Evans in this this big large tier for me, and I think that they if they do well, they can perform the same as a Allen Robinson, Amari Cooper. And that's kind of how I rationalize having them in this tier with other players who I think are going to gain in value. So at 18 is Michael Thomas. Uh, and the reason why he's kind of here for me, and it was a re- I actually really struggled with Michael Thomas here at 18. Uh, he go, I think he's going to his wide receiver 28 season, or his year, age 28 season. And I do not know who he's having at quarterback. And even if Taysom Hill is the quarterback, he saw something like almost 50% of the, the air yards market share with Taysom Hill. So he's going to be dominate the opportunity in that offense, kind of like what I was talking about with Devontae Adams, but it might not just be as good of an offense. And I, it comes to an age concern. Uh, Jerry Judy, 
who I have at 19, is actually coming a little bit higher than you, Todd, who you had him at 21, I believe. Really high on Judy. I think when people talk about the drops, some people had some concerns about his attitude. I mean, I think it's really tough to have an attitude when you have freaking, or not to have an attitude when Drew Locke is your quarterback or that wide receiver they had playing quarterback for a one game. I forget his name. But yeah, the quarterback situation was rough. And Jerry Judy coming from Mac Jones type play and Tua type uh, quarterback play. I don't blame him for having probably the best, the worst quarterback play he's had since probably middle school in Drew Locke last year. Uh, Jerry Judy's air yards, his targets all have him in a range where I would not be shocked if I have him ranked right where I have Ayuk, Higgins, that kind of range just because, and the only thing that's really holding him back here is the quarterback play. And then Chase Claypool, I mentioned, Todd, how we were really different on him. And I think this comes to, again, when I talked about, or actually I did my thread on, I think we talked about it a little bit last episode too, but my thread on T. Higgins, where I thought the market is rightfully building in a second year leap for CD, who had a great first year. T. Higgins who had also a great first year, but is not being priced into it to have that next jump. People were really high on Chase Claypool at times when he was really ascending and that, that, all that massive TD production in year one. And now they've really come back to earth on that where now he's affordable. And it's almost like there is a, now do I think it's as likely that Chase Claypool hits and makes that jump? No, but I also think he's being priced fairly where that does have in his range of outcomes. So I really like Chase Claypool and Mike Evans, Todd, tied to Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. Uh, you've got Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin in that offense. I, I don't, I hesitate to think we're ever going to see that top three, top five wide receiver season for Mike Evans again, and he's getting a little older. And then Keenan Allen, he's, I think, in his, going into his age 30 season. or So he's at that, that point for me where, yes, I'm definitely acquiring him in existing leagues, and, but I'm most likely priced out in startups and in new leagues. But yeah, d- definitely him paired with Justin Herbert as the alpha. Definitely a lot of immediate production that is valuable. But I also have to say, he's been dealing with some nagging injuries here. He dealt with them, and that doesn't necessarily get better as you age. So that's something to think about with Keenan Allen. Rondell Moore coming in with that second-round draft capital. People are acting like he did not get any draft cap- capital, or they're really just writing him off because of his size, and they're really just downplaying just what kind of profile his, the athleticism, the age-adjusted production. In an offense that's going to be high pass and volume offense with DeAndre Hopkins, and I think we're going to get some rushing upside to Rondell Moore. Uh, there's a lot of things to like with Rondell Moore here, and I think I'm a full 20 picks, 20, 24 wide receivers higher than DLF's consensus ADP at wide receiver 47. And then Devonta Smith, only one behind you, Todd, but everything that you said, I agree with. Juju Smith, wide receiver, you mentioned earlier, Todd, that you still think he has high end wide receiver to upside. He was the wide receiver 17 last year. That's a mid-wide receiver two. People are acting like he had the worst season eligible. Yes. Is that TD production on a low A dot as rep- repeatable? No, but we, you know, he could maybe sign a better contract with Pittsburgh next season or hit the open market with some more value rebound and get a better quarterback. So I really like Juju still. And then Deontay Johnson, I Really try to stop listening to splits, but there's a lot that goes into those injuries and those benchings for the drops and there's the injuries where he was a basically a top 12 wide receiver uh, if you take those out on a points per game basis. And he, he's he got some flashy upside. The only problem is he attached to Big Ben and there's, like Todd said, there's a lot of room to go around. Court and Sutton, love him. 
think he's pro- he could be potentially the best wide receiver on that offense. It just comes down to a thing of where it, there's another quarterback, the quarterback uncertainty, and I kind of sh- I kind of do not like that I have such a wide gap of eight wide receivers between Judy and, and Sutton. That might be have to, something I might have to revisit in the future. But then Rashad Bateman, Todd, people are forgetting first round draft capital, age just in production. And people are like, oh, it's a low-volume offense, but it's also a high-scoring offense, Todd, and a lot of that does go to rusher production, but Lamar Jackson has one of the higher TD rates throwing the football the last two years. A very good offense, and I like having Rashad Bateman there, and I, and I agree with what you said. I think he's being slept on. Uh, there are concerns, mind you, uh, but then it comes into Jalen Waddle, who I, people talk about. He is His route running, his speed, was probably the fastest wide receiver out of this Alabama group the last couple of years. With and paired with two, if two hits the heights that I think he does, and then if Waddle hits, I could be drastically, drastically too low on Jalen Waddle. And then Laviska Chenault uh, ended the season, I think, with three or four games in a row or 15 PPR points. Uh, once he got healthy, he he's got the size, he's got the athleticism, he can win in a couple different ways. He he acts like a running back after he gets the ball, and people might have Chark lined in as the wide receiver one in that offense. I think it's a very good case that LaVisca Chenault could be the wide receiver one attached to Trevor Lawrence. And that's the situation that I'm willing to buy. So that kind of wraps up my tier, Todd. That is probably your most involved tier. Uh, I see guys from my, just off a gut reaction, that I would say ceiling of top 12 potential. And then probably guys where our four is looking at like, like top 36 like wide receiver three so like how does a Chenault fall into the same tier as a Michael Thomas just because of the profile that LaVisca Chenault has coming out of college Todd uh and some of the flashes that he has with like people forget how bad the quarterback play was in Jacksonville last year and then some of the injuries that he dealt with I paired with LaVisca or uh, Trevor Lawrence I think that Next year, LaVisca Chenault has the, there's a range of outcomes where he is ranked higher than Michael Thomas, and that's with both players not having injuries. So I think if Michael Thomas has his season and LaVisca Chenault has his season, has to Trevor Lawrence in that offense that has a terrible defense, has to throw a lot, we could, or might be forced to throw a lot. I think it's going to be a very run heavy game or offense at times, but LaVisca Chenault has the upside. I think people don't talk about enough because he does look really impressive. And not people, Todd, let's be honest. Not many people were watching Jacksonville last season towards the end of the season. Not a lot of people were. There's a, and that's just a range of outcomes. And and now wide receiver 31, mind you, I don't think that I don't have my, I don't have him as a top 24 wide receiver, but I definitely do have him high. I, I think so. I, I tried to balance it, but with some of the risk that goes involved, well, I'm saying like with your 18th wide receiver overall in the same tier as 31, right? And the 18 was just a guy who was just the wide receiver one in fantasy just a short time ago. That's what I'm saying. It's just really interesting to see them together. My joke for this tier for you is I feel like this is the tier that if you're at the 12 pick, Dave, because you love that back end pick, right? <laughs> and you're at the f- round five and six. This is where you're like sweating profusely. And like really having a difficult time, which two guys you're taking? <laughs> you're like three, four wide receivers. Well, this is the type of tier that I want to trade into because honestly, like this is sometimes where this is where Claypool. Honestly, this tier for a lot of people is where Higgins is going, where Ayuk is going overall uh, in like regular dynasty rankings. So this is a tier where I'm totally willing to trade out of the Devontae Adams pick, the the DeAndre Hopkins pick, acquire multiple fifth round picks and future assets 
and try to have four, three or four picks in this range uh, in a startup. That's kind of a strategy that I like to employ here. What I find funny about this tier and my tier is I feel like this is the tier where we have this. This is like the value tier, right? This is where you're looking at the upside and then the immediate production at a great cost. You just happen to have Mike. Mine's a little bit smaller because I feel like my four kind of fits that too. But those guys just get a little bit more for me uh, than these guys do. But I feel like for you, like this is a lot more packed in and like that same the similar uh, feel. I know this isn't a rookie wide receiver episode, but I have to ask about. I mean, you have Elijah Moore, Bateman, and Waddle in that order back to back. But let's dive into Moore over Bateman and Waddle a bit. Why does he get this respect with? Less draft capital. Yeah. So I, the way that I have really looked at draft capital in the past, where I kind of loop in, like tier in wide receiver one or rounds one through three draft capital, whereas they kind of have similar outcomes. Yes. If you have me all the check, like I'm always going to value wide or round one value or uh, round one draft capital over round two and linear, linear, linearly like that. However, what happened? To a certain extent, mind you, not not a ton, but in my head of like, if I have a player tied and then they get better draft capital, I'm going to go with the guy with better draft capital. But what happens to me is that Elijah Moore's age-adjusted college production in the SEC was was just through the roof compared to Jalen Waddle. Now, Jalen Waddle did well in the SEC as well, but dealt with injuries and his share of his offense was not as high. And you know what I, I how I care about that. And then Rashad Bateman, there are the concerns that I do tend to downplay about volume about in that offense or just the overall volume and Lamar Jackson as, as a passer, which I downplay that. I just think I'd rather have Elijah Moore paired with Zach Wilson and that stink that is still on the Jets, I think is still attached there. And I'm trying to be more cognizant of like, hey, I like where I think it's Joe Douglas or whatever his name is. I like how he's bringing a lot of wide receiver weapons in I th- and they're trying to improve the offensive line. They've got a rookie quarterback. They're really trying to remake that offensive line or that whole offense into more of a passing offense. And I, and I, and I just really love Elijah Moore and who's people are very concerned about being a slot wide receiver, but he's already been reports of him playing all over the field on the outside in camp. So I think people need to get that stink off Elijah Moore as well. I don't disrespect it. I'm not that like, I mean, you know, Waddle kind of gets it for me based off the fact that like, I respect the explosive. The draft capital is definitely there. Bateman was always one of my top three wide receivers. And then, you know, I got through the whole uh, Baltimore thing. But I love Elijah Moore, man. Love him. Love him, love him, love him. And um, so, yeah, I'm not going to hate on that at all. I just thought it was interesting that they were all right there. So felt and it's the interesting need to time. ask. Just as a reflection, too, I, you are higher on Waddle than I am by two spots. But I have Elijah Moore and Bateman higher than you do. So it's like it's another situation where I have this big, large tier but just where they fall into place might be, is just slightly different. I actually have one team that I'm building to go extremely young because it's not the way I play. I play Dynasty. I play it year to year, and like I usually have a three year window, so I usually look for those like cheaper production now kind of a guys. First, like you know, like Adam Thielen to me is a better pick than Bateman because like Adam Thielen was a top ten wide receiver last year, and I'm gonna like bank on that for at least a year or two more without you know Bateman could bust but I don't think that's the case but it's definitely a possibility I mean look at you know Hollywood Brown over there he's been solid but nothing like fantastic 
And it just comes down to I I liked I really liked Rashad Bateman's project or his profile versus Hollywood's. I still like Hollywood, don't get me wrong, but I just I think that Bateman's a better player coming out of school. Uh but let's move to tier six, Todd. I think I'm just gonna dive into mine really quick. I do not have as many players as you to hear. This tier was kind of difficult for me. It's actually was kind of tough to see a couple of players here, but DJ Chark at 32, you know, he's attached to uh, Trevor Lawrence here, and he could very well be that wide receiver one in that offense uh, after dealing with some injuries and slash poor QB play. Uh, I could be way too low on him. Uh, but then Cooper Cup, uh, I, I have him. I'm pretty down on all the wide receivers in that Rams offense, and they, I have Coop, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods in this in this tier. I, I don't really see – I like Matthew Stafford, but I don't see the same top – three 24 wide receivers it, like they did a couple years ago. I just don't see that. I think Woods and Cup can definitely have top 24 production, but I'll rather gamble on players like uh, Rondale Moore and LaVisca Schnault of just making a jump and having more value than just that sure, reliable production from Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. But then Kenny Galladay, you've talked about him, Todd. Going to have a piece of that offense in a not a great offense, low volume offense, and in a team that's probably not going to run a lot of plays. QB plays poor, and by the time they get a good quarterback in there, I think he's going to be thirty years old, uh, or at least so. It's going to be rough. And then Tyler Boyd, uh, hate to have him this low here, but I think he's going to be a very reliable top twenty-four wide receiver. But his, I don't see him ever having a top twelve type production again. And then Debo Samuel. I have a big difference between Ayuk and Debo, but I still like Debo. I just think between, you know, he's really kind of a one type pony. He's a basically a running back type coming out of the wide receiver position, short, a dot, uh, performing that that kind of stuff. And I I don't really want to. I don't think yeah he might have top twenty four type season, but I don't he, I don't he just does not profile as a top twelve wide receiver for me. So that really that really dings him combined with the injuries. And then, especially with having a rookie QB coming in, it's tough for a rookie QB to support multiple, multiple top 24 wide receivers. And then Julio, this one was tough having a 37 top. I really like Julio, but paired in that offense, I think they're going to rely on that efficiency. I've, I've, and when I talked about Derrick Henry, I voiced my concerns about Tennessee remaining as efficient as they have been. Really tough to maintain that efficiency. A little bit easier to do when you have Derrick Henry, Julio, and A.J. Brown. I just think I don't want to depend too much on the efficiency. And, and it's just an age thing, injuries. Julio Jones is definitely a player that I'm willing to buy now on an existing roster than invest in in a startup. Uh, I probably no longer have, unless Julio Jones is on my roster, I'm, I'm probably not going to have him again. So that's a little sad, even though I definitely, he could have a bounce block this year. Then Tyler Lockett, I think this is one of those things where I'm not sold on that offense, it being high volume enough. I probably am too low. This is probably a mistake here. We're having Tyler Lockett as my wide receiver 38. You know, he's getting up there in age. And yes, he definitely has that explosive potential where he could, be, you know, he was a top 12 wide receiver at one point last season uh, before he faded out. Uh, I He's just not a player that I'm looking to invest in at that age. And then uh, Robert Woods, I already kind of talked about him a little bit, Todd, but yeah, he just not doesn't have quite the upside. This whole tier kind of ha- is more, Per immediate production for me, and it's just uh, I'm picking for the for the fantasy points, and I don't see much value of a return as far as the please players gaining value in, in, in dynasty. 
Todd, do you want to move on to yours? Or do you have any questions on this tier for me? No, nah, man, no, no questions. It's just like it's just a steady tier of like like late production, late cheap production that like could definitely fill some flex spots or like a wide receiver three given like a bye week or an injury or if you went RB heavy, these guys would fill out a roster pretty well. Yeah, I like that tier, man. So my last tier is I would say these are like the last of guys I was targeting. So these are all guys that like they all fit into this last tier for me because these are the guys that I want for one reason or another. After that, I'm not getting very excited. Sonalt, we all know why Sonalt's on the list. Dave already said it all. I'm in the same boat. I'm just in a different tier and a little lower. Uh, Elijah Moore, same thing Dave said. Love him. Uh, DJ Chark is a guy I'm not high on, but you have to respect what his potential is with uh, Trevor Lawrence now in a very ambiguous situation in uh, in Jacksonville. Um, I love uh, Terrence Marshall. I am a big fan of him playing the other side of DJ Moore in a Joe Brady offense. I love the potential there. That is something around this spot that I would love to invest in. And I think that that's the kind of rookie pick that where you're getting him in rookie drafts or where you're trading for him in your in your weeks after your rookie draft, you might be able to just be running away with value. There's a reality where he's neck and neck in targets, maybe. Like, who knows? You know, like, I love his profile. Uh, Cooks, you know, Mr. Consistent, no matter where he is, uh, as long as he doesn't have a concussion, he's pretty darn good. Michael Pittman, just based off of the fact that he looks like the only wide receiver one possible on the Indiana right now. So you have to be able to respect Michael Pittman there. After that, OBJ, he has a bounce back year, gets a 90% of what he was. You struck gold with him as your wide receiver 44. Will Fuller, kind of the same thing as OBJ. Don't get suspended, don't get hurt, and he's money. Jalen Rager had some injuries. Devontae Smith comes in. Jalen Rager comes and falls off. Unbelievable value to be investing in. If you are looking to rebuild, that is a perfect pick. You're looking at Jalen Rager probably for a second rounder and like a small other piece right now. That's a great pick to be investing in. Way too soon to be writing him off, especially the fact that he hasn't really been given a chance to shine. Jarvis Landry, PPR machine. I'll ride that till I die. I will not overpay for him though, Jared. So just saying, Jarvis Landry, fantastic value for a contender. Michael Gallup. Let's talk about Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup could definitely have plenty of volume in that Dallas offense this year, and he's probably going to leave that Dallas offense, and he's the kind of guy that could take on a wide receiver one role. Love investing in him now. I think he could still be a usable piece in 2021, and then after the fact where he's on another team, most likely, I still think he's going to be an excellent player. Darnell Mooney. We, I've talked about him plenty. Came on so strong in the second half of the season. An athletic freak. Definitely the wide two in Chicago. Could be the wide one next year if A-Rob walks and they don't find a good enough replacement for to go ahead of Mooney. And then he's the wide one with Josh Field. I mean, Josh. Bleh, Justin Fields is his QB. Tyra Lockett. Nah, I'll pick him at this point and then take like his 200 yards like twice a year in two games. Gabriel Davis flashed. Could be an excellent, excellent, excellent player with excellent value. There's a you're looking at him being able to have like you know being a wide receiver three, like year in year out potentially. And Tony, I hate Tony. 
Kadarius Tony is not a guy I liked, but he was a first round draft pick on the Giants. Not a lot of competition. He is a great athlete. Daniel Jones sucks, so he might have to throw short to him and let him show what he can do. So Tony to me is because a lot of people feel the same way. As a 52nd wide receiver, I put him in the same tiers. Like if I don't get a Chanel and I want to go like, you know, like Gasecki's there, or like I found like Chase Edmonds around that situation. I go get those guys, and then like, you know, a round or two later, I end up with Tony over Chenault. I'm okay with that for one of the other places I did, because I kind of feel like those are guys in similar situations, just that like, we're just fast forwarding a year with Chenault. I like Chenault a lot more coming out of college than Tony, but I feel like we're in the similar kind of like conversation with that. So Dave, that's my tier six. I think you mentioned a couple players that I just don't have in the same tier, but I have it ranked kind of similar to you. I agree about Rager. Fuller's upside. Brandon Cooks actually should have been in this tier. I left him off. He's in there for me. I liked everything you said about uh, like Cooks that produces. Doesn't matter who is quarterback. Well, I mean, it's it's easy to produce with Watson, Breeze, and Brady, but he's definitely been a top 24 wide receiver whenever he's played a full season or even 15 games. He he's been uh he underrated. And then I really liked Gallup being mentioned as well. And then Landry is just cheap production, Todd. That that Cleveland offense should be pretty solid this year. If Baker can can take at least a little step forward, OBJ coming back, Nick Chubb, the tight ends, and Kareem Hunt, that definitely could see a lot of point like some nice sneaky value points there, Todd. And Michael Gallup really like his talent, and he could definitely produce kind of like a Tyler Boyd level type production, except more explosive, more TDs uh, than, than, but meaning like he could be that wide receiver three that produces in an offense. I really like Gallup. And I think that when Dak went down, that's what hurt Gallup the most, uh, you know, no brainer Mooney. Great pick as well too, Todd. I really like this tier for you. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. All right. We did it, David. Tell the people where they can find you. Find me at FF underscore Spaceman Dave right on the tweet machine. Uh, I'm still planning on writing a DLF article before the baby is born. And uh, find me over on Rookie Fever. We're, you know, we're having a lot of fun on the Rookie Fever podcast. And be sure to check out the Scott Fishbowl Podathon. That'll be available in podcast format, format and also searchable over on Clipcasts. And it's available on YouTube, all 24 hours of it. Uh, just really, Todd, kind of the message too is where they can find me is that too is just know what other people people don't know what other people are going through be nice be kind have show some empathy and and be charitable because that's i think the message that scott fish is trying to say is that it's about community you know try to think about what you're saying and picking people up rather than just putting people down that sounds really corny but sometimes it needs to be said because i, I mean i feel those negative thoughts a lot todd i, I you know we all want to make you know make fun of something that's ridiculous but uh i just think take a breath and just remember that we're you know there's human. There's a human part. There's a human part to all of us. So, and that's what I. My message I want to throw out there tonight. What about you, Kumba- my friend? Kumbaya, baby. I am Todd Foster. You can find me at the Twitter machine at ff underscore banterman. I will be putting out C two C content on IDP, guys. If you haven't had your rookie drafts yet, or just looking for some great rookie content, go look for that rookie mag. It is fire, and I'll definitely be putting out some more C2C content on the airs and in writing very soon. Always hit me up on Twitter. Always down to mock. Always down to banter. Great show as always, David. Peace out, buddy.
Oh, Todd, uh, like what's your biggest tilt so far in Scott Fishbowl? My biggest tilt so far? Honestly, what I did was I was, I went QBQB, so I had like Kyler Burrow. Then I was stoked to get Aaron Jones in the third round as my RB1. Just stoked about that, right? Then I just went like just sick four wide receivers in a row. Loved it. And you know me, like, I'm not somebody who's like, I need to get that second RB. I'm fine getting, like, Chase and Damian Harris, you know, like, doing, like, that kind of a thing. Well, holy crap, my league went RB heavy. And, like, guys that I did not expect to go that early, like, went, and I go, crap. So, like, my RB2 ended up being uh, Melvin Gordon. And I was like, ugh. But, like, I ended up, like, getting, like, Gasecki, and uh, so I really liked that pick. On top of that, I also, like, end up with, like, Ronald Jones as my third running back, which could be worse off of waiting. Got A.J. Dillon, which is a huge grab for me. And then um, my fifth running back was J.D. McKissick. I liked how I kind of salvaged it, but the word salvage is the best <laughs> for when it comes to that. And I would also say that uh, I had a few... Uh, few brewskis when i made my uh Jameis winston pick last night so that <laughs> one was um i was like sitting there going like cam Jameis, tyson ah uh, uh. <laughs> i like, couldn't figure out what to do i think golf is available too and i was like if Jameis wins the job he's by far got the best ceiling of this group so i was just like, i'm going with Jameis. what's funny todd is that you have listed more pl- like twice as many players in our conversation as i have had made picks tonight i am officially 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 in 160 leagues i have the slowest draft uh i don't mind it too much i mean i like to go a little faster but i am kind- i'm just not in too much rush it was nice early on too as i was recovering from the potathon so i don't want to like poo poo it no i am totally okay with being in a slow draft uh but kind of fun at times here uh, and it's a good group in the police division but yeah, I think what got me the most was the tilt at quarterback. Tua is my QB1 at the moment, my only quarterback. I just didn't feel comfortable taking Kirk Cousins in the third round over Clyde edwards Slayer. So I took Clyde edwards Hilaire there because you know how I'm really high on him. I, my thing was I went CMC, JT, and CEH, and all those players for me, I kind of view them as all having potential to be truly difference-making RBs. And honestly, I haven't, I've only, I've only, I've never er, like had CMC on a team before I did when he was a rookie and he just didn't hit the same ceiling. But besides that, I've never, I want the CMC experience once Todd, I want that experience once on a team, never had any format, best ball, nothing. So I really want to experience it, enjoy it. But maybe looking back, I would have liked to have gone Kyra there because my team, my league isn't valuing the running backs quite as heavily as I thought they would. I would have gone CMC. We have the same pick. We both have five. I would have gone CMC if he made it there. So I don't blame you at all. But just how heavily my league went QB, like Tom Brady went 104. <laughs> uh, I, like it just how heavily my league has gone QB was a big thing for me. But but I still, I mean, I still like CMC. I'm really excited. I think I'm going to just have to be really smart with my wide receiver picks coming forward. And I need my QBs to hit. So I just, a little bit more th- narrow margin than I would like for a victory. I'm really excited about Burrow and Kyler, man. I'm really excited. Burrow about went that. before me. I'm not happy. But all right, man. I was so excited. Time to go Later, for me, buddy. my friend.